0: Eagles Entertainment.
1: Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Give me everything you got. Play fast. Play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's quarter time. It's quarter time.
0: we go. Touchdown! You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky
1: podcast. Now here's your host,
0: Brand Duffy
1: that's right another day we've got joint practice today as the eagle eye in the sky podcast fueled by gatorade continues i'm fran duffy and as always i think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 346 at the top of today's show we've got chalk talk right chat with ben fennel and chris mcpherson to go over our takeaways from the practice field today monday the eagles taking on the new england patriots in joint practice the first of two here at the nova care complex excited to dig into some of our takeaways on both sides of the football because i had my eyes on the eagles offense for the most part ben had his eyes on the Defense, c bounced back and forth, so it was really fun to catch up with those guys and see what we saw. A lot of action happening uh, down in the field here at the Novacare Complex. So we're going to get into all of that uh, here with Chalk Talk. Before we get there, just a quick reminder, jump on Apple Podcast, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. If you've got a question, I want to answer it. I'm sitting here waiting to answer your question. So jump on Apple Podcast, leave us a question, we will answer it. And if you leave it with a five-star review, uh, that helps us out as well. Uh, we will have a question from you guys at home uh, that we will answer after Chalk Talk. And by the way, over on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand, uh, myself, Ben Fennel, Dane Bruegler, we are breaking down the top players in the SEC. So Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Texas A&M, Florida, Tennessee, all the top players in the SEC, we are breaking them down. This week, right on the Journey of the Draft podcast, make sure you go subscribe uh, to that show. Get ready for college football. It's right around the corner, just a couple of weeks away from the first kickoff of college football, getting you ready for next year's NFL draft. Obviously a big one for the Philadelphia Eagles, a ton of high picks in next year's draft. So uh, without any further ado, let's get into joy practice. It's time now for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, guys, let's get into some joint practice talk as we talk about the Eagles taking on the New England Patriots today, the first of two joint practice sessions starting here on Monday morning. C-Mac, let's come to you first, though. Before we get to what happened on the field, any transaction news, injury news? It seemed like a a bunch of players returning to the field today uh, in in full pads, and then also obviously some guys more limited than others. But uh, take us through some of the injury updates here.
0: Certainly from a transactional standpoint, nothing yet, but the Eagles still have to get to the 85-player limit by Tuesday. Let's get to those injuries, some great news. It was outstanding to see Devontae Smith in full pads coming out to the field before practice, working on the jugs machine, uh, was doing this route running on the side, did not participate in team drills, but inching his way closer to getting back on the field. Same goes for wide receiver John Hightower who also participated in a limited role. Uh, Jason Kroom had been battling a knee injury. Kayvon Wallace, a groin injury. They returned in a limited capacity. Uh, also, Jannard Avery, Sam Linebacker, came back in limited fashion. He's been out with a groin injury. Uh, but one si- Sam Linebacker comes in. Joe Osman, he was out today. He's day-to-day with a concussion. Uh, the Eagles also established that on Johnson, running back, who has flashed in training camp at times, is now week-to-week week with a knee injury. In terms of mid-practice injuries, uh, backup center Luke Durega went to the medical tent. He did not come back uh, to the field. He watched from the sidelines. Darius Slay, it was a little scary moment, uh, was hurt in a collision. It was a pass to, to wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. It looked like it might have be been a little friendly fire. Uh, Slay came back to the sideline and was talking up and and... You know, joking around. Shortly thereafter, with teammates, he seemed to be in good spirits, uh, even though he did not come back to practice. So it looks like the Eagles dodged a bullet from that one. So yeah, that was uh, yeah, overall. that was a scary
1: one for sure. Ben and I were right there along that sideline. Uh, it was just like a high impact. He, like, kind of spun up in the air and landed. It seems like, what what was it, like a shoulder, like right side, some upper body, like right side, like something over there. Um, You know, you couldn't really tell. He was kind of favoring that side as he was walking to the sideline. But uh, good to see. uh, Nothing serious for sure.
0: Yeah, it seemed like he was trying to pull up. It was basically, I think, when the collision happened, he was trying to pull up there. So, uh, Frank, I guess we'll get to you with the depth chart. Uh, One one thing, the only thing that was interesting was during the team periods, I'm sure you guys know this as well, that we saw the second team offensive line working in at times with Jalen Hurts, all except for Jordan Mailata. He was the one getting the first team reps all the way through. But at times, we saw Matt Pryor coming at right tackle. Driscoll went in at guard. Uh, we saw Herbig coming in. Opetta coming in. Uh working there with with the first team unit. That was the, the one thing that caught my eye during practice.
1: And, and no one has told me this, C-Mac, but I, from a, just thinking about a standpoint, if you don't have those live reps for these guys, right? In, in the trenches uh, during practice, obviously limited preseason action, uh, only three games to go off of with some of these guys. So it's a great way to get some quality reps for some of your backup offensive linemen. Sarah, so, right, let's put them in against the, the starting unit from the Patriots. These are not live reps either, but they're going to be highly competitive reps against uh, new talent. And so it's a good way to get eyes on some of these young pieces behind the starting vets. You, you know what you're getting with Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey, right down the line. So uh, that certainly does make sense from that st- standpoint. I was glad uh, that you pointed that out. Outside of that, though, Nothing that we haven't already talked about from a depth chart standpoint. No big changes. You still have the, the, the rotation, very active with the linebackers. Uh, Marcus Epps got the reps uh, at, uh, at the one safety spot with the first team. Kayvon uh, Wallace coming back into the lineup today, but was working mostly with the twos in his first day back. So uh, we'll monitor that and see and see if that changes. But uh, nothing else that, that really stood out. And then now we can get into what today's action was. And I guess we'll start on the offensive side. For me, and, and I, basically the way I try to do is I, I'm going to focus today on the Eagles' offense and tomorrow I'll try and keep my eyes more uh, on the defense. And to me watching uh, Jalen hurts and this starting group, they had some flashes early. There were some big plays. We'll talk about some of the biggest ones uh, a little bit later, but I thought that there were some good flashes in the first couple periods. There was uh, some rough patches. There was a period, I believe it was the seven on seven period. Uh, Jalen hurts had a couple of interceptions, both of which were tipped. Uh, one was thrown higher to in the direction of Zach Ertz, tipped up in the air and was picked off. Another one went right through Kenny Gainwell's hands and was picked off. But, then as the practice went on further and further, the off of the passing game really heated up. And I thought those last two scrimmage periods in particular, uh, J- Jalen Hurts did a great job of moving the football. Uh, they get down into the red zone. We're able to finish for what would have been a touchdown. J- Jalen Rager, unfortunately, not able to keep both feet in bounds. But I thought that Jalen Is Hurts... Is that what happened? Is yeah. that what
0: happened? Because it was hard to tell. And, and Jalen Hurts was actually asked about it after practice. And Jalen was like, in my eyes, I rolled right fired a dart, and Rager caught it for a touchdown, so it was, it, it was hard to see what, why the refs called it off. So
1: Yeah, the, so Ben and I were right there in that corner and basically it looked like Jalen had one foot out of bounds as he was making the catch, so uh, the, the ref actually threw his hat up into the air, signal the base, so it might have gone down as like an illegal touch uh, when it was all said and done, but um, yeah, but otherwise, I mean, I thought that the offense really came together uh, in terms of moving the football through the air. I thought Jalen made some really good plays. Downfield, he had some nice deep balls over the shoulder to Uh, both Quez Watkins in one-on-ones and as well to Jalen Rager. Uh, There were some good in-breaking routes to to Dallas Goddard and to Travis Fulgham, to Watkins, Rager, all those guys. So to see, you know again, working not just the deep part of the field, not just throwing uh, the nice fade down the left sideline or down the right sideline, but working those deep in-breakers, working those crossers over the linebackers, under the safeties. He made a a number of those throws today that were really impressive. And, And again, finishing strong. I thought it was a, a good performance overall from Jalen Hurts and the starting offense. Uh, C-Mac, what would have been your, your big, biggest takeaway here uh, coming off the field?
0: Uh, first, I'll go up more on the defensive side, just the juice and the energy they brought. I thought they, they brought it more than the Patriots did. I thought they did a great job of swarming to the ball. Uh, John again spoke after practice and said that this defense, you know, over the years, when you try to envision what, what you want your defense to look like when you get to be the one in charge, the one calling the plays, he says it's coming together just the way that he had dreamed of. So the defensive line, you know, working with both even and odd fronts is, is well ahead of where he thought it would be at this point. Uh, I thought Javon Hargrave had an outstanding day. Uh, I noted a couple of series during the team drills the scrimmages where he had a couple of pressures there on Cam Newton, um, getting home for a sack. For In fact, on the last play for the first team defense, it was his pressure that helped force an errant pass uh, that was picked off by Eric Wilson in the end zone. So I thought Javon Hargrave continued his strong presence out here. Uh, for personally, I have a lot of disdain toward the Patriots, maybe more than any other team. I go back to the 4 Super Bowl and Um, the battles that these two teams have had. And obviously it was great that the Eagles triumphed over this team in Super Bowl 52, but uh, there was a little extra, a little extra something special there, a little extra spice there, uh, seeing the Patriots here in South Philadelphia. So want to throw that into the mix. Uh, But I just really feel good about how this team is coming together and how they acquitted themselves nicely. And to follow up on your point, Fran, Jalen Hurts to me, looked to get in command of the offense, and we only saw this for, what, 10 snaps on Thursday night against the Steelers. We don't know how much he'll play in the preseason game on Thursday, but you basically saw different situations, extended time on the field against the first team starting defense, and while it was not live, no tackling to the ground, certainly he's got to read coverages and evade pressure. And to your point, I thought he, he handled himself, comported himself quite well. And I just overall feel good about the the trajectory of the team and how it's developing throughout the course of camp. But again, the defensive line in the trenches, uh, another outstanding performance, You know, frustrating Cam Newton, um, and those team scrimmage periods at the end, the Eagles overall getting the upper hand on the Patriots.
1: Yeah, I know, Ben, you were watching uh, the defense throughout the day. Uh, was that kind of what you saw as well? Just uh, a lot of guys just swarming to the football?
2: Yeah, it seems like that's been the philosophy for most of the summer. And, you know, a guy like Alex Singleton, I think he just fits that scheme, that philosophy. He had a really good day in practice today, getting his hands in the passing lanes, but just running with his hair on fire from whistle to whistle, sideline to sideline. And I'll go the other way, C-Mac. I love the Patriots. They've been the gold standard in this league for the past 20, 25 years. And maybe that's why. Maybe that's
0: the dislike. They're they're
2: disciplined and they're efficient. And they show up to here and you see that efficiency right away. This is one of the best practices I've seen – from the Eagles. And I think my five, six, seven years of seeing practices with this team, I thought today was outstanding. Full two hours. I mean, the one-on-one sessions, you had three full fields going and there was a lot to watch. We kind of had to split our minds and split our eyes out there. So those notes, Fran, from you and the offense, I got to take your word for it because I didn't get to see (laughs) a lot of that stuff. And that's how it goes. Uh, And I even mentioned to you when I passed you between drills, they changed sessions. And before I could blank, the ball was already in the air. It was a clean practice. It was efficient. You got a lot of reps out there. And just watching guys like Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave bang against Shaq Mason and Michael LeWayneau for two hours out there, that's big boy football out there. And it was a lot of fun. They each kind of took their licks. And I'm right with you, C-Mac. I thought Javon Hargrave was outstanding today. And I think he's had an outstanding camp. And he was a high dollar free agent choice last summer. And obviously the pec injury was a slow start. He looks worth every cent so far this summer. And I think the strength is obviously in the trenches. It's something we're always talking about this team, not only on the offensive side, but having Fletch and Hargrave and that nucleus of the defense. You mentioned that Eric Wilson pick at the end, which behind him, I thought Harris was about to jump that ball as well, but it's Hargrave up front winning his battle against the the left guard, I believe, and getting into the face of the quarterback. So you're just seeing on a play like that, All levels of the defense kind of contributing, all playing with a lot of energy out there. And it's certainly infectious, and I think they're feeding off each other.
1: And I'm glad you mentioned that, Ben, in terms of looking back at Hargrave from 2020, obviously a little bit of a slow start as he tried to get healthy. And I felt like down the stretch, he was playing his best football. And it's just great to see him start earlier this year, being healthy. He didn't play it down in training camp last summer. We didn't see him at all in practice. We didn't, obviously not, there was no preseason. So getting a chance to see him fully healthy here this summer, he's been one of the best four or five players for sure. Uh, Maybe, you know, one or two best players overall over the course of camp so far.
2: And I think the other aspect of getting another Another team in here is you're starting to go up against some things you haven't really seen. If our offense doesn't run something, our defense doesn't prepare against it. So what are the New England Patriots like to do on offense? Power run game. You saw a lot of pulling offensive linemen today, which we haven't seen a lot in camp. That's just not our style of, running, of run offense. The Patriots, on the other hand, like gap schemes. They like moving those big 330 pound guards from one side to the other side. So that meant linebackers had to step up and fill a lot of gaps. And there's some brutal double teams out there. I mean, you're watching Shaq Mason and big Trent Brown, both pinned down on Fletcher Cox. I mean, that's like six, 700 pounds of a double team on Fletcher Cox. It was big boy football out there, but this is the NFL. And I just love getting some outside bodies in there. And I don't always want to see Fletch, you know, battle Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson. I want to see an opponent out there and let him give him a little something extra. And I think it's iron sharpening iron out there. Anytime you get a caliber of like a Shaq Mason against uh, Fletcher Cox out there, I had a lot of fun
0: watching. Just to follow up on that, Jonathan Gannon even said how great it was that they don't game plan for this. They run their script. And he knows that the Patriots are going to test the rules of communication for the defense. And they get to see how they adjust to these different situations, and they can go back and have that much more film to correct in the end. But uh, another another thing I just want to note real quick is, you know, we talk about big boy football, the blocking on the edges is going to be so integral to the success of this offense with the amount of screens, the tunnel screens, uh, that we're seeing from the offense and seeing guys like Dallas Goddard on the perimeter. There was one where the ball went to Jalen Rager, and Rager's taken off down the sideline, it was it was Goddard who had the key block to pin mm. his man on the sideline to free Rager. And you have the guys on defense saying, that's six, that's a touchdown. Like the guys on defense are getting hyped up seeing the success that the offense is having. So it's contagious. Uh, but it's like the dirty work that's not just in the trenches. It's going to be on the perimeter. That's going to be so important for the Eagles this season.
2: And real quick, guys, I might as well just empty out the notebook here while, while I'm at it talking about the defense. Darius Slay, c Mackie, and mentioned, got a little dinged up there in the team period. Was great seeing fourth round rookie Zach McPherson step up and get that opportunity. Before right. that first rep, he didn't get a lot of action. I don't think he saw any targets that drive. Looked like good coverage. You just heard the sideline say, let's go, Zach, let's go. Like they were excited for his opportunity yep. with that first team. But that didn't mean Darius Slay had a quiet day. He locked down Nelson Aguilar in one on ones, three straight PBUs against his former teammate. Actually, they didn't play together. No, they didn't year. play together. No, That's they missed right. each other. So, all right, so there was no uh, love lost between those two. <laughs> but Darius Slay took away a fade down the field, an in-breaking slant, an out-breaking route, all against the quick-footed Aguilar. Darius Slay still flexing his Pro Bowl ability out there against the speedy Aguilar. But Darius Slay, I think he's okay after that. Uh, uh, getting dinged up or kind of, you know, uh, whatever ended on that one play. But when a guy goes out. There is an opportunity, and I love seeing McPherson step up, and he looked more than comfortable and ready to step up when called upon.
1: C-Mac, did you see any big plays in, in one-on-ones today? There was the one big one-on-one session where, like Ben said, there were six or seven drills going on at once. I don't know where your eyes were, uh, if there was one rep that you saw in particular. I,
0: would, I was watching. I saw a little bit of the the tail end of the wide receiver DB one-on-ones. I saw one of those pass breakups that Slay had. I was watching a lot of the O-line, D-line one-on-ones for the most part, because I really haven't seen a whole lot of that throughout the course of the summer. So no no major takeaways. I think, I think Ben kind of hit the big thing with the wide receiver uh, defensive backs there.
2: Uh, you know, wider... real quick, Fran, yeah. uh, just to kind of round this out with that one-on-one session. You know, we were talking with Mike Quick earlier, and he just had one of those rough days out on the golf course. Nothing can go. Well, that was Avante <laughs> Maddox today in one-on-ones. So he just could not get it right out there, even though he was in position. Jacoby Myers, high point of the ball over him. Just when he's there with the ball, goes right through his hands to the receiver. He just was in the right spot, just couldn't close on the play today. It happens on the golf course. It happens on the football field. Just one of those days, one of those sessions uh, for Avante Maddox in the slot.
1: Uh, real quick, I was watching the Eagles receivers against the New England DBs. Quez Watkins caught a beautiful fade uh, down the left sideline. He juggled a little bit along the sideline. I uh, was able to get both feet in. It looked like uh, at the front pylon. So it was a, a deep ball touchdown against J.C. Jackson, uh, a really good corner there for New England. And then uh, my play of the day was actually a very similar kind of throw. This came in, it was the first play of 11 on 11 uh, in the, I think it was the second team period. Uh, looking at my notes. So I think it was the second team period, first play. Jalen Hurts drop back and hit Jalen Rager down the left sideline Ooh. fade route, very similar to the uh, the deep ball he threw to Quez Watkins last Thursday night. That one fell incomplete. Uh, this one hit Jalen Rager uh, over the shoulder. Really good catch by Rager as well, fingertip grab, uh, and he took off the rest of the way for a big play touchdown. Uh, I believe that one also came against uh, JC Jackson. So good to see both of the Eagles' speed receivers on the outside making some big plays over the top. Uh, C Mac, was there a, a play from one on one or from the, the
0: eleven on elevens or seven on sevens? That's a- out to you today? I, I was going to say the, initially the, the Wilson interception to end the session just because of the moment because it was uh, move the ball. It was two minute situation. Let's go on. Uh, the, the Patriots were in the red zone. So obviously they're trying to get the, the winning score there. But I'm actually going to point out the way the second team offense concluded its day. Joe Flacco ball Great at the one. 16. throws a beautiful instant anticipation through the ball uh, on a fay route to Andre Patton, Patton comes down with it. The back right corner of the end zone for the score. Uh, just a beautiful throw, throw and catch, and just a, another victory for the Eagles as they uh, finished off the afternoon there. So, or, so uh, they actually made it to the afternoon. It was the longest practice of training camp for the Eagles. So, uh, but nonetheless, though, I thought it was a, a quite a dime there by Flacco.
1: It was literally like I, lo- I remember looking at Ben because Ben and I were watching that drill uh, together. I turned. It was at twelve o'clock on the dot, right on the nose. Mm-hmm. Practice ended. Uh, ben, was there a, an individual play we saw a bunch today? Uh, was there an individual one that stood out to you?
2: Yeah, you know, I was going to talk the Wilson interception. I feel like we kind of talked that session uh, or that play enough. Ending that red zone. That was really like a sk- a scrimmage scenario. Yeah, you had both teams lined up on both sidelines with just one ball, one unit going there. So it was very much a game like situation. But you know, a guy in the back end. I'm not going to go with one play, but a guy that, that just seems so comfortable. He made a couple PBUs down the field, and the Patriots really worked the ball down the field in intermediate windows is Andrew Adams. Watch number 21 on the back end. This guy's been in the league for six years. He does not panic out there, he does not look confused. He is always in the right spot. He's played a lot of football. He is not a spring chicken out there. When that ball's in the air, He is more than comfortable finding that ball, finding the relationship with receivers, working to his help. He's a solid veteran presence back there that obviously you're working in the young Kayvon Wallace. You're working in the new Anthony Harris. You have a new scheme. Andrew Adams might be a more of a fixture of this defense than we think. We see Marcus Epps back there a lot of the times with the ones, number 22. Pay attention to number 21, though. He's a really good football player.
1: What are you guys excited to watch uh, tomorrow? Because well, yeah, I know I'll have my eyes on the defense, Ben. You'll be over with the offense. I- I'm interested, in, especially after how you guys talked up uh, the Javon Hargrave performance today. Excited to see this Eagles D line uh, going up against the New England offensive line that um, you know regarded as one of the better ones in the league. You got some young players and obviously some uh, some grizzled vets on there as well. It's a big unit, uh, strength versus strength. I'm excited to see that group go head to head tomorrow. Ben, is there something that that you know stands out to you that you're excited to watch? Well, just flipping over to the Patriots defense, you know, obviously I want to see our old
2: buddy Jalen Mills out there and how he battles some of our receivers. I saw him in Jordan Mulata pushing a little bit with a pre-snap penalty, kind of blaming each other, Uh, just kind of playful out there. But my eyes are going to be on second round pick Christian Barmore from Alabama, Mm. that big number 70 out there. I tried to watch him from afar, didn't get any good reps, but I want to see how he looks, you know, in a vacuum. And I want to see how he tests some of our interior offensive line. Mm. If he is that real deal and that spark plug, you know, trench player, you know, how do guys like Kelsey and Brandon Brooks and some of our guys handle that? Um, so they have some really good players in the trenches, whether it's Devon Gottschow or young guys like Josh Yucci and Chase Winovich and Van Noy's back over there. A lot of different types of bodies uh, in their front seven, uh, but certainly Christian Barmore. I want to check out the rookie. C-Mac.
0: I just want to see if the Eagles can do it again, especially with offense and, and Jalen Hurts. Can they? Can he stack another day? Can he be consistent? Uh, I, I think most of the reviews you're going to read, whether it's our practice notes or elsewhere, will say the Eagles got the upper hand of the Patriots today. Can they do it for a second day in a row and build upon it as they head toward Thursday night's uh, preseason matchup? Because, again, we don't know how much they'll play on Thursday night, but certainly they are getting a lion's share of the reps, especially the, the first team units going against each other here uh, Monday and Tuesday. And again, it's not live. It's not tackling to the ground, but it's highly physical. I mean, don't, you can't tell the guys in the trenches, especially uh, that it's a lighter practice whatsoever. So they're still battling out there. So and Fran,
2: uh, when you're watching the uh, the Patriots O-line against our defense tomorrow, that's not an eclipse. That's just big Trent Brown at right tackle <laughs> out there. This guy is enormous he looks every bit of three fifty. If you're on his tracks, you are getting moved. All right. Now he obviously doesn't react and chase stuff very well, but if you're on the tracks, you're getting moved by the train. So I know you're gonna have eyes on that Patriots offense tomorrow.
1: I will uh, definitely have eyes uh, on that offense. And some interesting pieces. We saw uh, some good throws from the rookie quarterback Mac Jones today. He ended practice with a nice touchdown down the left sideline. So uh, certainly the Eagles' defense uh, will get tested on day two. I'm excited to see
2: Mac. Mac uh, was a little fired up after that whole shot there at the end. There he was. He was uh, definitely rallying after we shut down Cam Newton's drive he got the better of us on that next one. And yeah, he wanted to let us know about it.
1: Uh, It was a, uh, it was a certainly an interesting day uh, on both sides of the field. Well, guys uh, plenty to break down today. We will have just as much tomorrow right here on the Eagle eye in the sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. Ben C-Mac. We'll talk to you guys both tomorrow. Before we keep rolling with the show, I wanted to take a quick break to remind you about the Eagles' second and final open practice that is open at Lincoln Financial Field, August 22nd. It's a Sunday evening. You can get down, watch the Eagles up live and in close, in person. It was a great night when the Eagles had that open practice a couple Sundays ago. Now is the time. You could jump online, get tickets. They're only $10. All proceeds benefit the Eagles Autism Foundation. It's a great cause Look, it's a great night, and it's a great opportunity to go and see this team up close in person. If you want to see Jalen Hurts, you want to see Zach Gertz and Dallas Goddard on offense, obviously Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager at wide receiver. You go to the defensive side and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, Darius Slay, everybody on the defensive side. It's great to be able to see all these guys work up close in person if you want to go down low to the to the field level, or you can go up high like me. Watch it from the, from up high in the sky, get a sense of all the different schemes that the team is running on both sides of the football Now is the time. Jump on. Get your tickets for the Eagles' upcoming open practice Sunday, August 22nd. Be there. It's going to be a great time for fans of all ages. I know my family will be there. It's always a lot of fun. Go check out the Eagles' open practice. Again, all proceeds go to the Eagles Autism Foundation. Great stuff there from both Ben and C-Mac, who you can follow on Twitter just like I do. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's Nose content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment. You know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That is one way to support the show, but the best way is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Leave us a rating or leave us a comment. I wanted to give a shout-out today. To someone who did exactly that, write him, left a five-star review saying, hey, Fran, so happy to hear all of the training camp notes and news this year. It's been great getting all the inside details from all the practices. Hearing Ben rave about rookie corner Zach McPherson made me wonder, how does he compare to Jalen Mills coming out in his rookie season. So uh, right hand, let's get into uh, your question. Talking about Zach McPherson to Jalen Mills. I would say Jalen was probably a better prospect uh, for, in in my eyes, when he was coming out, Uh, Jalen played all over the place for the LSU secondary, obviously a high level of competition. He was a four year starter for LSU. He played a corner. He played some nickel. He played some safety. I think with Zach McPherson, you're talking about a guy that's just a much smaller sample size, right? He did. He was a two year starter in the big 12, really only lined up on one side, projected with the ability to line up at different spots, but what you see from both guys, and I think this kind of stands out, is their competitiveness and their nose for the football. It seems like Zach McPherson is around the football each and every day. And that's kind of how Jalen was early in his career and throughout his career, to be honest. But great question. Thank you. And thank you to everybody out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Nova Care Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Hi, Eagles fans. I'm Connor Barwin, and I'm here to tell you about the Eagles Autism Challenge presented by Lincoln Financial Group. This year's event will take place on Saturday, August 21st, and we can't wait to see all of you back at Lincoln Financial Field live and in person. Register today to walk, run, or ride. In addition to making a transformational impact on the autism community, you'll also receive a complimentary ticket to our public practice on Sunday, August 22nd. Register today at eaglesautismchallenge.org, and I'll see you there.